athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. You're locked into the dopest show on radio. From the press box to press row, I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a good show lined up for you today. And as a reminder, Box to Row celebrating 15 years on the air on Thursday, August 20th, beginning at 5.05 p.m. Eastern. I want you to do this. I want you to take your phone. I want you to put this in your reminder right now. If you're driving, don't worry about it. Wait till you get to a safe point to be able to do this. But if you're listening to this program, Take your phone right now and put it in your reminder Thursday, August the 20th at 5 p.m. We are going to go virtually with from the press box to press row celebrating 15 years on the air. You can watch on our website at boxtorow.com, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W.com via our Facebook Page on Facebook Live, via our Twitter page on Twitter Live, via our Instagram page on Instagram Live. So we're going to, I'm so excited about this thing. And as a matter of fact, I mean, it could be a lot of guests. We're not sure as of right now, we're still working uh, through the guest list in terms of those that are going to be participate on the program. But I'm going to tell you this. Doug Williams, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Doug Williams will be part of the celebration. He's going to join us on August the 20th at 5.05 p.m. Eastern time. He's going to be one of the guests. Also, Kevin Frazier, host of Entertainment Tonight. Kevin Frazier, host of Entertainment Tonight, also going to be part of the festivities again Thursday, August the 20th, 5.05 p.m. Eastern time is when we're going to get things started It was at that time, 5.05 p.m. Eastern on August 20th, 2005, from the press box to press row came on the air. We had, I think it was five radio stations. I was, matter of fact, traveling from Raleigh to Baltimore for about a month, hosting that program at a uh, radio station in Baltimore that, that blanketed Baltimore and the Washington area as well. We were on uh, in Raleigh, where we're still on uh, Hot 97.9 FM. Uh, WAUG still the only original affiliate that still carries the program. We were on in Greensboro and Winston-Salem. We were on in Birmingham. Uh, and we were on, I don't, I don't remember, maybe Atlanta. Uh, could have been Atlanta. I, I forget at this moment. But um, just so excited about this. And we have, I mean, listen, we've reached out to a number 
of guests. We've heard some no's. We've heard some will sees in terms of schedules. And then we've also heard, we haven't heard back from some of them, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. We're still going to have a great time. Uh, we're going to also, in the midst of this, for some of the, the uh, either potentials that we've reached out to uh, or just others, we're going to have some vignettes as well. Uh, really just celebrating this program, celebrating um, uh, the guests that have been on the program. And by the way, I got to give a big shout out to you, the listener, the supporter, to you that uh, has told someone about this show that has enabled for this show to be on uh, for 15 years. Got to give a big shout out to our affiliates as well. Our radio stations have been absolutely phenomenal. Big shots out to them as well. Big shots out to our uh, to our sponsors over the years uh, that have uh, been able or have made it so that from the press box to press row or box to row, uh, as it's known, can still be on the air. So we're very much looking forward again. Set your reminder Thursday, August the 20th. That's this upcoming Thursday. This upcoming Thursday, August the 20th, 5.05 p.m. Eastern. That's 4.05 p.m. Central Time. And that is 2.05 p.m. Pacific Time. So set your reminders. As I mentioned, I got a good show for you. Joining us a little bit later on in the program, Dave Roberts, the manager of the L.A. Dodgers. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, going to join us today here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Dodgers playing some solid baseball right now. Still a lot of baseball left uh, to be played. And uh, Dave Roberts, as the manager, has had a lot of success. And so we're going to check in or talk with Dave Roberts, the manager of the LA Dodgers. Listen, I've been saying for about three months or so that uh, there's not going to be any college football that's going to be played in 2020. And that, that, and it's not like I'm, I've wished on this. I I don't want this to be the case. Uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm more of an NFL guy, right? But you know, listen, I mean, I, you know, especially when it comes to HBCU football and really following it and having followed it for in excess, really, of 15 years and really studying it and all that comes with all of that around this time of year, the excitement, getting ready, uh, knowing who the players are, giving predictions. I love all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, with this coronavirus, and it continues to change, and I, I think that's why I think – I, I really believe it was wishful thinking uh, to think that football was going to be played in 2020. But I also think that part of it was things would continue to evolve. But the only way that I saw where college football could be played in 2020 was with a vaccine. It, it's just simply too dangerous to be able to put these young or to put these young people in harm's way. National Football League, a lot different. It's professionals. That's why I always say on this program, can't compare college with pro. Much different. I don't know. The NFL, the National Football League may start. They may play, but I don't see it finishing, at least not in the within the time parameters that uh, the National Football League, with their arrogance, thinks that it's going uh, to, in fact, finish. But But listen. You know, didn't want this to happen, but have been saying this for like three or four months that there's not going to be any college football in 2020. And that's the way 
we're we're headed towards. I thought it was interesting. The the players came out, a lot of some of the players anyway uh, came out and said we want to play. That was their mantra. That was their hashtag. The president even backed them. I wouldn't expect anything other uh, than that with this president in terms of uh, his agenda. Listen, too dangerous to play football in 2020 where we are right now. You have a situation where cases are now, it, it seems like at least here in the state of North Carolina, cases were really rising, rising. I don't know where, where, where it looks like here, at least in this state, things may be leveling off. Uh, perhaps they're not as bad now in states like Arizona, in states like Texas, in states like Florida, as it once was, maybe even going back two or three weeks ago. But listen, it's a dangerous uh, virus to suggest that we should put college-aged people uh, in harm's way to play college football. It, it, It just, to me... You know, it doesn't make any sense. And again, as the smaller conferences started to fall, in it, like I said, eventually the big boys are going to fall because, I mean, when we really get down to the nitty-gritty, and we're still going to see some others fall, we, when we get down to the nitty-gritty, and I, and I find it also interesting and ironic that the NCAA uh, chose not to come up w- with a mandate with respect to this to allow for the conferences at least at the division one level to make the respective decisions and then of course at the d2 and the d3 level the decisions have been made for d2 and d3 i just find that uh, uh, well i mean then again it's the ncaa but to put young people in harm's way to play college football i mean it's just it just you know it just doesn't make a lot of sense and so uh, we're going to see this thing continue to we're going to see conferences continue to say we're not going to play and ultimately there's not going to be college football in 2020 we can talk more about that a little bit later on in the program join us on the program hit us up your twitter at box to row b-o-x-t-o-r-o-w or on facebook b-o-x the number two r-o-w la dodgers manager dave roberts is up next from the press box to press row. Ladies and gents, players and pimps, listen. You know what it is. It's the one and only D-O-Double-G, or A.K.A. Snoop Lion, top selector number one, Chuck Rastafari. With so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D-O-Double-G, but I somehow, some way. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh Market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge 
and Cooper's Ale House. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine! Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original, orange teriyaki, and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now at Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. That's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com. Or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. You're listening to... From the Press Box to Press Row. We track down the names making news in sports. From the Press Box to Press Row. It's Donald Ware. From the Press Box to Press Row. Let's continue here on From the Press Box to Press Row. We're joined by a gentleman in his fifth season as the manager of the L.A. Dodgers. A former player. He's one of the best uh, in Major League Baseball, he's Dave Roberts. Joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Dave, welcome to the program. Donald, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. I, I am, too. You know, we, we've, we've, uh, we've been trying to get this done for a while, and I'm glad we finally are. And I want to begin here. Your thoughts on the season, the Dodgers season, that is, to this point. I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, you never know. First off, I'm happy we're having a season because at many times this uh, quarantine, I was very, it was looked uh, very uh, doubtful. Um, but we're off to a good start. You know, we're playing good baseball, um, half game behind uh, the Rockies in the division. But um, I learned earlier that there's going to be 16 teams in the postseason this year. So it's going to be exciting for baseball fans. But uh, got to stay healthy. And I tell our guys all the time, Donald, that, we got to win, you know, not only the battle, the fight on the uh, field, but off the field, you know, and it's going to be a game of attrition this season as far as injuries, the pandemic, and keeping our guys safe and healthy. Yeah, how have you and then your players, and really quite frankly the organization uh, for that matter, been able to adapt to uh, the pandemic and, you know, you have the 60 games and, like you said, 16 uh, teams are going to be in postseason, just a lot different than anything we've ever seen. Yeah, well, it's it's ever-changing, and I think that as far as protocols and I think a message, you know, we have to be nimble, and that's all of us, because I think that um, many times we look at things as black and white, but I think that with this pandemic, things change, and we learn more every day. So with our guys in baseball, I think that, you know, by and large, we're being very responsible um, adhering to protocols, trying to be safe, and really understand contact tracing as well. Because not only you know you can be positive or or not positive, but be around somebody um, who's asymptomatic, and it can still affect the clubhouse. And kind of no guys in the dugout, or not as many guys, and touching and spitting, all that stuff. We're getting tested, uh, saliva tests every other day. You know, brown bag uh, meals. A uh, couple times a day, so it's different. But our guys are really doing a great job of adjusting. Yeah, no question about it. Um, let me let's talk some personnel. Dustin May, can you speak to the potential that this young man has? I mean, he's throwing that ball ninety nine miles per hour at times. 
he's he's a special young man. Um, he's six five. He's only twenty two years old. That's what's amazing, and uh, he's got a big arm. Uh, it's like you said, it's ninety seven, ninety nine miles an hour with movement. And he's just got that toughness, and he's a savage on the mound. And um, sky's the limit for him, really. I mean, there's only a few aces, handful of aces, true number ones, but he certainly has that potential. And, you know, every time he's out on the, on the mound, you know, you, you have a good feeling. Yeah, you know, he, he was able to get his opportunity because Clayton Kershaw couldn't go for you early on. Uh, I know Clayton pitched the other day. Um, you know, your thoughts in terms of, of Clayton and, and his health moving forward? Well, the health part, I'm very encouraged, very happy, very excited. Um, he's worked really hard to to uh, try to stay on the field and, and keep his arm in shape, you know, throughout quarantine. And we've had back problems the last few years to really strengthen and stabilize his back. Um, so, yeah, the late start to the season, really pitched well in Arizona and uh, didn't have a great one his last turn. But the health, and I talked to him yesterday, and that's the thing that we're trying to hang our hat on is that he's healthy. And, you know, there's going to be some good starts, there's going to be some bad starts, but the number one most important thing is he's healthy. Yeah, no no question about it. And, and so now what Kerry Wood's on the disabled list, so you've you got sort of a – you all have got a decision to, to make maybe once Kerry comes off the uh, disabled list. No, you know, Woody is – Woody's uh, you know, we signed him this offseason. He was a Dodger before in 17 and 18. And uh, to get him back, but we need him healthy – but I will say this, it is nice when you have somebody that is filling in um, that doesn't call for a veteran player to hurry back uh, to pick up the slack. So the number one thing is we got to get Woody right, um, and that's, you know, I'm, I'm assuming a couple weeks away, and then we'll make a decision. But right now, Dustin is really stating his case in the rotation. Dave Roberts in his fifth season as the manager of the L.A. Dodgers joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Dodgers have an up a weekend series uh, against the Angels. Let's talk about that, the battle for L.A. Uh, Dave, uh, your thoughts. Anytime, you know, the Dodgers and the Angels get together, uh, you know, it's going to be good baseball and, of course, a good rivalry. It is. It is. And we know those guys very well. We, we see them, you know, a handful of times a year. Um, see him in spring training, um, and, and you got to start obviously with Mike Trout. He's off to another great start. He's the best player in the game, and um, that lineup you look, they they acquired uh, Anthony Rendon, who's off to a slower start, but really, really, really good ball player, and, and to go along with Pujols and Upton, and you know that Fletcher, David Fletcher, I'm a big fan of him, uh, the way he plays the game. So obviously on the off, and Otani as well. So offensively, they got a really good club. Uh, they're trying to figure out their pitching. But, you know, it's always kind of you throw all the numbers out when the Angels and the Dodgers play. You know, it's interesting. I want to talk about your playing days because I hear you talking. I've heard you on other shows talking. You just have such an, an enthusiasm about the game of baseball. You played the game uh, the right way. I got to take you back to 2004, the stolen base against the Yankees when you were with the <laughs> Red Sox, down 4-3, to three, bottom of the ninth. You, you steal the base, ultimately score the run, and then you all go on to win that game in 12 innings, ultimately winning that series. Coming back from 3-0 was, was uh, fantastic. Talk about that and what you remember most about uh, that particular uh, stolen base and then that, ser- uh, that season really as a whole. Well, you know, I'm in my office right now, Donald, and I'm looking at a picture of Jackie Robinson walking outside Evans Field, and I'm looking at Maury Will steal a base at Dodger Stadium, and those two guys really inspired me to do things the right way. And it's just a situation where, 
um, you do things the right way, you prepare, you get an opportunity, and you just bet on the fact that you're ready for this opportunity. And I was around a great group of guys, a great team with the Red Sox in 2004, and I had an opportunity and I wanted to do my part. So this is many hours of backfield work with Maury Wills and, um, you know, just instilling confidence in me. And so, you know, when I, I look back, I was nervous, I was scared, I was excited, all those things, but just taking that energy, all those different thoughts and fears and kind of focusing on, you know, getting a good jump and getting clarity and relaxing and all that stuff. And I wish I could say I, I foresaw eight straight wins. I didn't see that, but in the moment, I was ready for that moment. And like I said, we changed history. You know, you were, you were, I mean, when you played, I mean, you, like I said, played the game the right way. I mean, th there weren't many better when you were playing in terms uh, of stolen bases. Let me ask you this. It's interesting growing up in, in Cali, going to UCLA and now being the manager of the Dodgers right there in Los Angeles. What does that mean to you? It, it means the world to me. Um, I, th I think that I'm a Southern California guy. Like you said, I went to, I went to school at UCLA, uh, same school that Jackie went to. And so I have so many ties. My sister, her family still live in Los Angeles. And I have so many ties in Los Angeles, Southern California. So for me to know the history of the Dodgers, the city of Los Angeles, and now and play for them, and then now manage this incredible organization um it, it's it's beyond my wildest dreams and 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 you said it earlier is that i have a good positive outlook on my on life and, and my job and, and that's a big reason dave roberts in his fifth season as the manager of the la dodgers joins us here on the program's interesting you mentioned you know jackie robinson you're the first person of color to manage the dodgers of course uh, Jackie Robinson, the first black player in Major League Base Baseball, broke the color barrier in 1947. To be the manager, a person of color, and be the manager of the Dodgers, what does that mean to you? Well, I, I think the first thing that comes to me is uh, responsibility. Um, I think that, you know, in light of what's what's happened in the last, obviously in decades in our country, last, you know, decades, but, and, years but you know in re with recency and, and kind of the social the racial issues that we're having that really come to light which is i believe are good things i think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first man manager of color for the dodgers and there's not many of us in baseball and right now it's dusty and i um to do things the right way to hopefully give others other people of color opportunities and really relevant opportunities in baseball. So I think that for me to do things the right way um, with respect to the game and my, and the players and, and front office and ownership groups and media, hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. You know, for you, you've had a lot of success. I mean, even prior to you coming, the Dodgers had some success, but you've taken the Dodgers now to another level, World Series appearances, uh, you know, pennants, et cetera. What, you know, what did you see kind of coming in and, 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 and then what has allowed you to be able to have that success again? You're now on the cusp. And the only thing you have to do now is win the World Series, but you've done everything else to this point in only uh, your fifth season. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that, you know, thank you. It's it, obviously when you're coming into an organization like the Dodgers, you know that they draw the fan base is second to none. Um, we in Los Angeles at Dodger Stadium draw more fans than any uh, stadium 
you know, in the world. I mean, this is annually, obviously, this year was standing. But um, so you know the history. You know what it means to be a part of the Dodgers family organization. And I think for me, it was just something that I wanted. I want our players to understand what it means to be a Dodger and have them appreciate the fan base because it's generational. So every day we take the field, there's a certain level of expectation from me on how we go about our business. And now obviously winning matters. But I do think that in, in my, this is my fifth year, I think that we've given ourselves a legitimate chance to win the championship every single year, the World Series. And I think that, you know, when you can do that, you know, it's going to happen. And I think that the way we're going about it with uh, homegrown players, the front office and the coaching staff are all in lockstep. Um, the fans have been patient. I mean, it's been 88 since 88 since we've won a championship. But, you know, in my tenure here, I think we're, 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 on, we're on our way. A couple more thoughts, Dave. We appreciate the time. The Astros-Dodgers got a little testy a, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, for, for you, you took some responsibility uh, for that, at least what I read after after that happened, you got suspended. Joe Kelly was uh, was obviously suspended uh, as well. Sort of your thoughts. What what happened? What sort of happened there? Why did you take that responsibility for uh, for your players? Well, uh, a couple things. Um, so first off, obviously with what transpired this past winter, and you know the disdain from for, with players and organizations, fans with the Astros organization, uh, with what happened in 17 in the World Series and obviously before that too. Um, so I think that obviously in that situation there was a lot of buildup towards that series and uh, Joe let a ball go and um, you know they didn't feel good about it. There were words exchanged, guys coming off the bench and I think for me is um, I didn't see the intent. Joe's kind of misfired a lot with his fastball. Um, there was a hearing yesterday and then the penalty uh, will be there was an appeal appeal hearing, and so the, it'll be handed down here in the next couple of days. Um, but I think for me, Donald, it was more of you lead a team, and it's my responsibility where everyone in the country is watching sports as far as how we're handling things, protocols, and are we abiding by the rules? And so to get guys off the bench and not uh, social distance and, and do this, that's my responsibility. Yes, I was trying to uh, keep peace between Correa and Joe Kelly, but I still have to take responsibility for having the players understand that you still have to stay on the bench. Should there be an asterisk by the World Series championship for the Astros in 2017? You know, um, I, I just, I don't think, first of all, that's not my call. Uh, obviously, you're asking my opinion. Uh, um, I, I do think that the line was crossed and there were penalties handled handed down, um, but you just can see that People still aren't satisfied. So um, how about I leave it at that one? All right. No, fair enough. Last thought, your faith. Can you talk about I – mean, I've read a lot about where you've talked about uh, your faith maybe a little bit more recently, more so than uh, in, in terms of your thoughts than maybe, you know, when you were a younger man. You're, just talk a little bit about your, your faith and what it means to you. Well, I, I think that, you know, I'm a baseball manager. I'm a father. I'm a, I'm a husband. And I think that I'm a Christian um, and I have my political views and my faith views and beliefs. Um, I try not to bring that, you know, and make things about myself and my own interests. Um, but I do think that, you know, in light of what's kind of going on in our country, I think that 
I'm more open and more uh, incentivized to share my own personal thoughts um, because I think that um, people need to hear them. And, and I think that this is a day and age where I do think that a lot of things are happening negatively, but I do think that people to be outspoken about who they are as people, I think that's a healthy, good thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I am a believer and, um, you know, and, and I have a lot of other thoughts on, on things that are starting to kind of come out more to the forefront, Tom. Yeah. Dave Roberts in his fifth season as the manager of the L.A. Dodgers. The Dodgers have a weekend series against the Angels. Dave, it was worth the wait. Appreciate your candor. Appreciate the time. Continued success to you and the Dodgers. All right, Donald, man. Thank you. Let's do it again soon, all right? I'm going to take you up on that, Dave. I mean, we had been trying to get this done for quite some time. Finally able to get it done. Dave Roberts, the manager of the Dodgers, joining us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You can react to anything Dave Roberts had to say. I mean, he had a lot to say right there. Talked about his playing days as a really good player, an extraordinary base stealer during his playing days, doing a really good job. You know, I asked him straight up, should the Astros winning that 2017 World Series, should there be an asterisk by it? So I want you to react to anything that Dave Roberts had to say on Twitter at box to row B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W. Box to row celebrating 15 years on the air. We're going to remind you, I'm going to hit you over the head with this on Thursday, August 20th, 5.05 p.m. Eastern, 4.05 Central Time, 2.05 Pacific Time. I want you on BoxToRow.com and watching our virtual celebration. A little bit later on in the program, I'm going to replay part of the interview that we had with UFC champion Daniel Cormier, big UFC event this Saturday, want to replay that interview, but I'm talking NBA up next. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for them. They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble. You know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience. And I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've grown in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression. And that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Akila memory out their head, but realizing Akila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to typecast it as just 
girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun you know, living my dream and riding the ride. That's the voice, of course, of T.I., it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know. No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN college sports analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was um, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. It's, there's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm just trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up with Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Ali had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I'm one of the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women might feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Clay, in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop Dogg Football League has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I cheered in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi Valley State? 
State University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row. Real. Relevant. Radio. Got to do a little mic check with you here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Welcome back to the program. Again, if you want to respond to anything or react to anything that Dave Roberts had to say, hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can also hit me up on my personal Twitter account at dware one at D where one also on my Instagram account at where Donald again, another reminder celebrating 15 years on Thursday, August the 20th. We're doing it virtually. We have confirmed Doug Williams, Super Bowl winning quarterback. We have confirmed Kevin Frazier, a graduate of Morgan state university. And we're going to do this thing big. We got some other guests that may come along. We're doing it from five to seven online virtually go to our website that's the best way to watch it at box to row.com again 505 p.m eastern time that's 405 p.m central time and that is 205 p.m pacific time uh on our website box to row.com box row celebrating 15 years on the air so let's talk some nba and by the way uh damian lillard is absolutely out of control i mean this guy is getting it done for the Portland Trailblazers. And, oh, by the way, Carmelo Anthony, who had bounced around from team to team, was out of the league for quite some time, is doing his thing. I mean, it's a concerted effort by the Blazers, and they're going to take on the Memphis Grizzlies in that play-in situation. That, game, that of course, is going to happen on Saturday. Now, the Grizzlies have to win two to be able to make it into the playoff round to take on the Lakers. The Blazers win one, win on Saturday. It's over. The Blazers are in. I mean, I don't think that the Lakers are playing particularly well right now. But again, that's right now. You know, I think you have to look at things in totality. If you look at the season, and I realize this has been an extremely long season with about a four-month layoff. Still, I, I just don't like what I'm seeing right now from the Lakers. I, I Do I believe that they're going to pull it together? Yes, I do. Do I believe they're going to win the series? Yes, I do. Regardless if it's Memphis or Portland, I think Portland has the better opportunity to pull the upset. Damian Lillard, absolutely unbelievable. You, you, you have all of that talent with Lillard. You put in a guy like a, a Carmelo Anthony who's hungry. You look at Carmelo Anthony in his career. He scored a lot of points, but he hasn't had a lot of success in terms of winning all those years with the Knicks who 
uh, were and continue to be abysmal, although I think they may turn it around uh, coming next year. And big shots out, as a matter of fact, uh, to uh, to Amir Hinton, uh, who who played at Shaw uh, for years is uh, for a year is part of the Knicks organization. Perhaps he'll have an opportunity uh, to play with the Knicks. But I think you know Melo's hungry. Like he's hungry. He wants to win. He doesn't want to just have throughout the course of his career. He scored a bunch of points, which he did. I mean, he was one of the premier players. Now let's not get it twisted uh, for quite some time, and we cannot forget about the years that he had in Denver when he was really, really good. Uh, But the latter part, you know, the second half of his career, if you will, uh, not so great. Uh, But we, you know, we have, you know, that, that, that matchup, you got the, the, uh, uh, the, the Clippers and the Dallas matchup. Like I really like the Clippers and the way the Clippers are playing. I mean, I think when you added PG 13 to that mix, Kawhi Leonard to that mix to already a pretty good team, a lot of good pieces, I mean, to me, that's got to be the team uh, to beat in the West. I realize the Lakers are the number one seed, but the Clippers, you know, extremely solid. Don't sleep on Dallas. I mean, Dallas is good. I mean, you look at a guy like a Luka Doncic, who's absolutely getting it done. Porzingis is there like, that's a team that really has nothing to lose. Like, I don't think they can beat the Clippers, but I really like Dallas. I like what Dallas has built. I like what Mark Cuban is doing with that franchise. And that's going to be a young team that's going to be reckoned with. Doncic is absolutely splendid. One of the best all-around players in the league. He got he has a tremendous step back, take you off the dribble. I mean, that guy, you know, is a great ball handler. That guy can really, really play. You know, this 3-6 matchup between Denver and Utah is very intriguing. When we think about top NBA teams, we never think about Denver. Michael Porter is coming into his own. That's a really good Denver team. I don't think, like Utah's not playing or doing as well as I think, especially when they got the acquisition of Mike Conley. That that was supposed to be the next piece for Utah. Just hasn't transitioned the way Utah would like. Still a good Utah team, but I like Denver uh, in that matchup. That's the 3-6 matchup. You know, that 4-5 matchup in the West, Oklahoma City and Houston. And that could go either way. Like Chris Paul for Oklahoma City. He's almost like he's almost playing like the Chris Paul we remember from those uh, Pelicans days. uh, Where the New Orleans, I'm sorry, the New Orleans Hornets days. When when New Orleans was the Hornets. Like I remember being in New Orleans for the All-Star Weekend in 2008, it was in New Orleans. Like he, at that time, Chris Paul was like the face of the, at least the young face of the NBA. I really like the way that he's playing. You know, d- does Oklahoma City have enough? I mean, I, I think if you look at Houston, going to be hampered with Westbrook's injury. Can James Harden carry the load? Uh, at least from an offensive perspective, they're going to need some help. Definitely our guy, Robert Covington, a former box to row all American played, of course, his collegiate ball at Tennessee state uh, is a, a very good defender. Uh, he's going to have to be one. And he has, I mean, he's got, he's ever since he's come to Houston, he's made an impact. He's a, a great shooter, particularly from three point range, great size. He's going to have to give the Rockets a little bit more in the absence of a Westbrook. Uh, but but uh, listen, 
Oklahoma City, unbelievable in the East. Milwaukee uh, against Orlando. Uh, Milwaukee. I mean, Antetokounmpo, absolutely unbelievable. That's a really, really good – like that Milwaukee team is really, really good. I mean, I expect to see Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. Uh, Toronto and Brooklyn, I don't think Toronto's going to have too much problem with Brooklyn. It's still a – I mean, Van Vliet, wow, he's unbelievable. Um, I mean, that's a really good Toronto team even without Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard just took that team over the top last year. I mean, that's a team – I mean, you're going to see, in my opinion, you're going to see Toronto and you're going to see Milwaukee in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston and Philly. But I tell you, Philly, Ben Simmons out, uh, Embiid, you know, questionable in terms of his health. I mean, this has been a disappointing season. I mean, ultimately, uh, to this point, now they still have an opportunity – can they get past Jason Tatum, Kimball Walker in Boston? I don't think so, but it's certainly an intriguing matchup. Miami and Indiana at the 4-5, you know, intriguing as well. T.J. Warren's been out of his mind for Indiana. The, the kid from right here in the triangle in Durham played at NC State. Uh, we, ha- we were supposed to have him as a guest on the program this week. Uh, we'll try to catch up with him in the future, but he is absolutely unbelievable. We're going to wrap the program up on the other side. An interview that we had a couple of weeks ago with UFC champion Daniel Cormier. Hey, what happened to all the Marjorie's beef jerky? Hey, what's up, bro? It was you, wasn't it? What was? Don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. You ate all the Marjorie's beef jerky, didn't you? Yeah, so what? That was mine. Dad just bought that for me yesterday. Don't worry, I'll just go online and buy some more. No big deal. Wait, you can just go online and buy more? Well, in that case, I'm going to buy the original, orange teriyaki, and sweet and spicy. But I do expect you to pay me back for all that beef jerky you ate. Marjorie's Beef beef Jerky, the the best beef jerky on the planet. Purchase Marjorie's Beef Jerky online right now. At Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com, that's Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com, or call them toll-free, 844-340-7613. Marjorie's Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky on the planet. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way, Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer, the neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsborough. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's, and in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. UFC 252 taking place on Saturday between Stipe Nyachik, the champion, and Daniel Cormier. It promises to be one of the most eventful UFC 
matchups. Ken Cormier go out uh, on top. He said this is going to be his very last fight. Can Miyakic uh, keep the championship? We're going to find out uh, again at UFC 252 on Saturday. As a matter of fact, about three weeks ago, we had a chance to catch up with the former champion, Daniel Cormier. Talk about this fight, this matchup with Miyachik. And also, I had a chance to ask him straight up, would this be his last fight? It will end up being about a 13-week training camp by the time I'm done. And um, I'm happy about it. I'm happy about the work that we put in. And uh, I'm happy about the, the, the product that we're going to show when we step inside the octagon. Yeah, what what's a what's the length of a typical training camp uh, for a fight for you? Eight weeks, eight weeks. But you know, it had been it had been a while since uh, we had a we. It's been a while since I fought, and because of that, I, I I wanted to make sure that I was prepared. And I think that uh, the best way to do that was by putting in a little bit more time, uh, giving myself a chance to get prepared. I always say that you start early so that you prepare yourself to get prepared because a lot of injuries come from when you try to just go in the training camp. So I took four weeks to prep myself to get prepared for a fight. And, and because of that, I feel good about um, how the camp has gone and also my ability to stay healthy over the course of this training camp. Yeah. And, and you're getting back to something you said in terms of the time in between fights, because to the point you fought three times in 2018, the one time against Myachik, the second time uh, last year, August the, the 17th. Why, why the um, such the time uh, really in between fights from the last fight and then uh, going back even mm-hmm. to 2018, you fought on November 3rd of 18 and then not till August 17th of 2019. Well, well, so, one of the bigger things about the second fight with Stipe and I was that I just had, I, after I fought Derek Lewis in Madison Square Garden, I had back surgery. And when I had back surgery, um, it, took, it takes time to recover, you know, and I, I, I messed my back up sneezing. <laughs> oh, wow. Is that I right? I sneezed on the morning. I, I sneezed on the morning of the fight, and I thought that that sneeze was going to cost me the fight. Whoa. But uh, luckily, the UFC and, and their staff of, of trainers and physicians were able to get me able to go that night. But about a month later, I was training and, and uh, the old back went out again. And, and I had a bulging disc that was sitting on my sciatic nerve. So I had to go to the doctor and, and they, uh, they had to go, go in and shave that disc and get me back healthy. And it took me a long time to recover and Honestly, I still needed more time. I wasn't fully healthy going into the second fight. So I'm so happy about being healthy this time. DC, Daniel Cormier, one of the best to ever do it, former light heavyweight and heavyweight champion in UFC, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row UFC 252 coming up August 15th in Las Vegas. DC taking on Stipe Majacic. Uh Take us through uh, about a year ago and what happened in the second fight a year ago against Myachik? You know, Stipe did a good job of, 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 of preparing, coming in ready to fight. I mean, the guy was, was so ready. And 
you know, the fight didn't start as, as planned to him, you know. He was not looking at the fight to start in the way that it did. I was, I was fighting really well. And he kind of stayed the course, stayed in the game. He was able to withstand a lot of damage. But by withstanding that damage, he was able to take it, stay in the fight, and then won the fight, you know. I was winning the fight, and he, he made some great adjustments going into the fourth round. And by making those adjustments, he found a, a, a hole in my game and was able to exploit that hole and win the fight. So it was a very big performance by Stipe. Um, it's something he should be very proud of. But I don't feel like on that night that I showed my best self. And and then the first one was it was a great battle, one in which you won uh, ultimately mm-hmm. uh, with a with a big time uh, big time win there. Yeah, huge knockout in the first fight. You know, but that's the thing about the UFC, right? The UFC is built on rivalries. And this Miocic rivalry that I have, uh, this will be the, the fight that determines who is the greatest UFC heavyweight of all time. You know, so this is a big, big moment uh, for Stipe and I. You know, both of us have so much riding on this fight in terms of our legacy that it, it, I think about it every night. You know, I mean, I'm, I think I was born to train with to compete with anxiety and that's the anxiety I deal with every single night because when I go to bed I lay in my bed and I think about the first fight and I think about the second fight and I think about what if anything I could do to ensure that the third fight goes the way that I need it to yeah no question about it DC Daniel Cormier joins us here in the program from a historic standpoint what did it mean to you to hold both the light heavyweight and heavyweight championships at the same time Oh, it means it meant everything, you know. And when I won that belt, I was only the second guy to have ever had both belts at the same time. It was me and Conor McGregor. So uh, to become the set, only the second double champion in UFC history, the first to ever win both belts and defend both belts was uh, was a massive accomplishment, you know, and a career filled with accomplishments. I've done a lot of things over the course of my ten-year uh, MMA career, and. I will never forget the night that I got to stand atop the octagon or sit atop the octagon with a belt wrapped around my waist and a belt over my head. It, it's one of the proudest moments I've ever, I've ever had. You know, I've, I've done some things in my life. I've won uh, national championships and I've made Olympic teams, but that moment will always stand out above all because it was, uh, it was so big for me and my family. Yeah, that was huge. And let me take you back. Um, a little bit also a little bit further how about the that win over Barnett in the uh the strike force heavyweight grand prix uh, grand prix mm-hmm. back in 2012 that was you know that was really huge for you uh, it helped to really propel your career it was massive it was my moment to announce to the mixed martial arts world that I was going to be a factor you know Josh Barnett was a former UFC champion and I went through that tournament that had all these great heavy, great heavyweights at the time Fedor Emelianenko, Alistair Overeem, Fabricio Verdum, Josh Barnett, Bigfoot Silva. They were all top 10 heavyweights at the time. And I was just this young prospect that hadn't beaten anybody yet. And uh, I was able to navigate my way through that tough tournament and win it. It was, it was, it was something no one had expected. So, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a big moment. That was the moment I realized that I can compete with anyone. Yeah. Uh, so now, so this fight, the, the trilogy... Uh, uh, against Mayachik. This is it for you. You're you're retiring after this. Yeah, this is a wrap. This is it for me. You know, like, 
we all get, I'm getting an opportunity to do something so special in fighting. I get a chance to fight for heavyweight championship of the world in my last fight. If I win, and when I win, you get to walk away on top. Only George St. Pierre has been able to do that. People don't get to have that opportunity, much less win and go out with the championship belt wrapped around their waist. I get that, and I plan on getting it done, and, and um, I'm happy with my career, and I feel like I can be very comfortable uh, with walking away um, after this fight, regardless of the, uh, the outcome. Regardless, even if you l- lose, we don't anticipate that, but if there's like a no contest no. or something, you're not coming back at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, no contest don't happen very often. Yeah, or, so yeah. I would hope it's not a no contest. We want some closure to this thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I feel confident with what my career has been. Um, I feel, I feel comfortable with, uh, what my career has been. And, uh, you know, this is it on August, you know, 15th. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Last two thoughts. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I don't watch UFC. A whole lot. I gotta be honest, but when when I did watch and I saw you, I'm like, you're really this broadcasting thing. <laughs> you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, you enjoyed that, right? I do. I love it. I love. I love calling the fights. I love being in the action. You know, a lot of times when when athletes walk away from their their chosen sport, they're kind of away from everything. I feel like being next to the octagon, calling the fight, still keeps you a part of the show. You know, so we've been doing this for long that calling the fights allows me to stay so close to the sport that I've fallen in love with last thought um so I noticed you, you you're doing some other things you're on social media and so forth so you are you a big NBA fan also I, I believe you are I'm a massive NBA yeah. fan massive NBA fan I watch a I am constantly I have been totally entrenched with the bubble I watch everything about the bubble I'm watching uh the Tybalt's kid uh, vlogs. I'm watching JaVale McGee's vlogs. I'm watching everything, man. I'm just in love with uh, this whole thing. is so intriguing to me. And yesterday, to be able to watch the first games, was uh, they were different, but it was cool to see. Yeah. Daniel Cormier joining us about three weeks ago here on From the Press Box to Press Row. And that's going to be a big fight. Like, I'm not a huge UFC fan, but that's that's a fight I might think about getting as a matter of fact, promises to be, I mean, the matchup, it just promises to be outstanding. And by the way, this segment of From the Press Box to Press Row is brought to you by Marjorie's Beef Jerky. The Marjorie's Special Six going on right now. Pick any six flavors of Marjorie's Beef Jerky and save $12. Log on to Marjorie'sBeefJerky.com right now. Marjorie's Beef Jerky. Dot com and again the special pick any six flavors of Marjorie's beef jerky and save twelve dollars. Remember, Marjorie's beef jerky is a supporter of From the Press Box to Press Row. Again, one more reminder before we get out of here: celebrating fifteen years of Box to Row on the air Thursday, August the twentieth. We're going to do it virtually. It's going to be a lot of fun. Doug Williams is going to join us. Kevin Frazier is going to join us. Hope to have uh, some more guests that we've invited to also join us. We're going to have, uh, we're going to take a look back, a listen back to some of our, a look back. Really, we have uh, video-wise and and audio-wise, et cetera, some of our great interviews 
from over the years. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 5.05 p.m. Eastern, 4.05 p.m. Central Time, 2.05 p.m. Pacific Time on our website at BoxToRoad.com. Very much looking forward to it. More information about the celebration can be found at our website at BoxToRoad.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. You're bigger than the problems I-